I was waiting to tell you tell you guys this when we got on just because it was easier. So listen to this. So I go out to dinner with my best friend and his wife last night, and he asked me to be his son's godfather. And I, you know, he somehow it came up that I'm going to Nashville. And he's like, when is that? So of course oh, the man. christening is already booked for Sunday, May 1st. Oh my God. Well, I might as well break this news then. <laughs> oh oh no. my God. What? I knew this was gonna happen. His sister's getting married on that Saturday. So <laughs> who's who is? your sister? My sister. Your sister. My sister, yeah. Real life right now? Uh, really happening? What's that? <laughs> this is real life right now? <laughs> this is real life. I'm flying out Saturday morning to go to the wedding, but then I'm going to fly back sun Saturday night. Damn! That's what? a commitment! Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Five Idiots Talking Toys. We are going to jump back into our interview with Eric Baker. He was the creative director at Galaxy's Edge in both Disney World in Florida and Disneyland in California. And he was the prop master general and took all the care and uh, put all the work in the attention to detail in the parks. So if you've been to the parks, if you've enjoyed all of the Easter eggs that you've seen around, all the, the the hints to your favorite characters, all the throwbacks to the original trilogy storyline and characters. Uh, we're going to jump back in with Eric now, hear a little bit more about that and the public's reaction, what his thoughts were after the park was opened. So please subscribe to our channel, like this video, and comment your thoughts after watching. And let's jump right back now in with Eric Baker. So is that is it worth it? Uh, for the build the saber is I was going to book it and I saw the price and I'm like, I don't even know if it's even worth it. It's great. I, I, you know, I've honestly never done it. Uh, I've never even seen it. I mean, the people that do it think it's amazing. Um, the price. I know the price is, I don't even know what it is. It's like 200 bucks an hour or something. Yeah. It's like $260. I think uh, for you to build a lightsaber. Wow. Per person? Well, yeah. uh, for uh, for your son, yeah. It would be 260 and then uh, one of the guests has to be, I don't know, 17 or older, or 18 yeah. or older, and then you can only watch. Oh, my yeah. God. Help yeah, but Charles, that's only yeah. like a third of a red bar. Yeah. <laughs> you sell a red bar and your whole family can have lightsabers. I'm not saying that it's severely overpriced. It just... Yeah. Is the experience worth it, though? That's uh, really what I was asking. I, I think the, I mean, the people that I've talked to that have done it, uh, I mean, love it. I mean, they, they say it's amazing. Uh, like I said, I, I unfortunately have never even seen it, uh, other than when they were rehearsing and stuff before the park opened. So I've, I've never seen the finished show there. But everyone says it's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, once again, I, I, I've seen you know, grown men come out of there crying with their lightsaber that they built. You know? Another Brandon walking out crying. <laughs> I think a question for you. If Shane goes there and sees the short V-gonk, he might start crying from that. <laughs> yeah, do you have a short life? There short are gonks life. all over the park. All over the all over the park. Is That's there awesome. a short V-gonk? I 
Don't think so. That's how rare they are. Disney Park doesn't even have one, Jane. guys. Jane. <laughs> so rare. <laughs> so rare. Uh, so, Eric, uh, you said uh, you were working on uh, the Star Wars hotel also? or Yeah, I was doing I did a few things for the hotel. Um, nothing exciting. I mean, things like um, helping them out with luggage carts, uh, you know, things like that. Um, How do you made, think that's going to be? We made a rug that, uh, you know, a rug with the hotel logo on it that's in the entrance and nothing. I mean, I did a lot of uh, stuff for, um, I did some stuff for a commercial. There's a commercial for the uh, Star Cruiser that should start airing. Uh, where I got to build a coaxium tube uh, from Solo, the Solo film. Uh, I got to build a, a coaxium tube and a holocron uh, that lit up that they used in the commercial. Um, and then for the Disney Christmas special, they weren't finished with the bar yet in the hotel, so I got to go in and dress the bar for the uh, Christmas special, and they, they filmed a little bit, and then we struck it all, and then they came back and put the real dressing in later. Um, what's the timeline on that? Like, it opens it tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it opens tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they, they've been having... Uh, see, now you guys have got to get big enough where you can get invited to these press events. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. they, they Only in Denmark. Press events for they the need a Disney week. in Denmark, and then we'll go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they've been having press events all week, and they just uh, yesterday they lifted the embargo on the media so they could release everything they've seen. So you probably noticed the, the internet's been flooded with uh, stuff about the Star Cruiser, and it all sounds really great. It's gotten really positive reviews from the media, anyway. So Eric, it does sound like the park again. I haven't been there, but it sounds like there's really something for everyone there in terms of you know the things that really like hit your heartstrings, you know. All, all of us here on the show have a focus collector, you know, character in uh, in the vintage line. We know you're a vintage collector as well. Leia, Leia in the Bosch disguise is me, and we were watching the Galaxy's Edge episode, you know, just kind of just sitting with my daughter earlier today, getting ready to speak to you tonight. And and the, the, her helmet is up there in the ceiling somewhere. We caught it. We had a pause and rewind it. We were very excited. But it sounds like everybody who has a, a certain love in the in the galaxy – it, you're probably going to find some little clue, some little Easter egg somewhere. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we, we tried to pull from every bit of Star Wars that we could. I mean, even there's stuff from um, in, in the Antiquarian, there's um, a helmet from Star Wars Rebels that's in there, you know, from the animated series. And, um, you know, we, we tried to, you know, pick some really obscure stuff from from all over the universe. Uh, it did. Did the ice cream maker make it in there? Yes, there is one in the in the Rise of the Resistance queue line, uh, and wow. this was before they made the appearance in uh, in the Mandalorian. So it looks like the one from Cloud City, not what you see in the Mandalorian. Okay, uh, that's but, cool. You know, they made a toy of that guy that's running around. I forgot what his name is, but I saw it for sale somewhere. I thought it was pretty yeah. funny. Well, He's you, got his own I mean, figure. Have you have you been to like Star Wars Celebration or one of the the big conventions where they have whole gangs of people dressed as him that run around the convention? 
I'll, I'll be going. Funny. I'll be going to the one this year. So I'll uh, see you'll, if they're uh, they're running listen, around. They, 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 I mean, there'll be you know twenty people dressed as him running around with ice cream makers. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, but uh, but yeah, we did. There is one in uh, in the Rise of Resistance queue line. I can't remember where it is, but but yeah, there's there's an ice cream maker on there. So I have a question about the the props and stuff. Uh-huh. Now, how many of those were like um, just cast or whatever? Mm-hmm. And then how many did you um, kind of modify from something else? And how did you acquire um, the stuff that you modified to make it look like a Star Wars prop? Well, there there was um, there well, there's a wide variety. The all of the stormtrooper helmets that you see in Doc and Dars, or I would say. 90% of the Stormtrooper and Fighter Pilot helmets in Doc and Dark were made by Pierre Bohanna, who built all the helmets for the new films. Uh, so we, we hired him. Uh, so like the Stormtrooper helmets you see in there, are the, 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 the classic Stormtrooper helmets are the classic Stormtrooper helmets from Rogue One. Uh, because in Rogue One, you may or may not know, they went back. Everything that was a decal in the original films, they made an actually detailed piece uh, for Rogue One. So like the, the grills on the helmet that were just a stick on decal before now like actually cut into the helmet. And one of the closest things to it that I've seen is the the Black Series classic Stormtrooper helmet that uh, Hasbro made, the, the full size. Uh, that, that's very close to the Rogue One helmets uh, because they put all that detail in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Pierre's team did a lot of that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we bought just offline from people, uh, that were making and selling things. And some of it was, uh, very bad. So if you see something that's very badly damaged, battle damaged, it's probably because it didn't look very good. (laughs) So we made it look like it was blown up and just, uh, uh, behind the droid shop, uh, there's, a cage that has a couple of battle droids in it. And uh, they were very, when we got them, we, we bought them from a vendor in a foreign country somewhere. I can't remember where, but uh, they were not screen accurate at all. So we busted them up and blew them up and cracked them open and they look great now. Uh, yeah. But it was stuff that the fans would have called us on if we had left them just the way they were and stuck them in there. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the stuff, uh, the, I mean, the first year that I was on the project, um, I just traveled around buying junk to build stuff out of because everything in the Star Wars world is made out of, the, the thing that makes Star Wars so appealing, I think, is that people recognize everything and go, you know, you know it's something, but you don't know what it is because... It's actually something that came from our world to make something that's in that world. So um, I hired uh, a girl who was one of the shoppers on the Star Wars films to take me to all the places in England where they buy stuff. So I traveled. Uh, I took my whole crew. My whole crew, we went to England and, and spent two weeks traveling around going to all these military auctions and um aircraft salvage places um, where they shot for the films and 
you know, buying the same things that they bought for the film. So when we built our stuff, it, it fit into that world still. Um, and then one of the rules that they followed on the on the newer films is they you couldn't build stuff out of anything that was made after 1980 because the original films were all made pre-1980. So they kind of stuck to that. So like if you were using parts of a copy machine that had to be a Xerox machine that was pre-1980, you know. So we tried to do the same thing and, and try to stick to those same rules. And if we did build something from scratch, we tried to, you know, use vintage pieces like they did. Uh, one thing we did, or we, we bought a lot from military auctions in the U.S. from government auctions and stuff. And so you'd go online and bid on things and, one time we accidentally won a semi truck load of rifle racks <laughs> for 50 bucks. I think <laughs> we, we never thought we would win it. And so we ended up with a semi truck load of rifle racks. So we tried to make as many different things out of rifle racks as we could in the, in the park. So you'll, you'll see them everywhere from, uh, uh, in the Ronto roasters restaurant. There's a, you know, a, a military rifle rack on the wall, but it's holding uh, cutting devices that they use to chop the meat up in the at Ronto Roasters and all. Eric, the what, let me ask you what what struggles did you and your team have in the process? Like, what was the thing maybe that you struggled the most with? And 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 to follow up with that, you know, what was like the most satisfying triumph you had uh, in the park? You know, something that you really wanted to accomplish, you wanted to look a certain way, and. And it was just a big win at the in the end. Well, uh, you know, Doc and Dars, I've talked about a lot. The Antiquarian is definitely the big win. Uh, that was just my dream thing to get to build. And uh, um, and what was it, the biggest struggle? The, the biggest struggle was just uh, coming up with the things. Like I said, you know, you know. The everyday things, like you know, what does the stormtrooper set his helmet on? Just the, the everyday stuff. Um, you know, we had to make a kiln for the jewel for the jeweler shop, and it's like, you know, what do the, you know, what does a kiln look like in the Star Wars world? And um, you know, tables, just like a, a ta you know, a table, a workbench. You know, what just the simplest things that are in the everyday world coming up with those and, and making, designing them to look like they belong in the Star Wars world. And, uh, I mean, I'm happy to say that we very quickly built a trust with Lucasfilm. They, they, they understood that we got it and just let us go crazy. Um, we spent a lot of time with Doug Chang. Uh, he would come and hang out at our shop all the time and, and, you know, see what we were building. And, um, so yeah, that was. You know, Has the public responded to the various aspects of the park? You, you know how you thought they would. It seems like the response has been pretty positive in general. But yeah. once the park opened and you were able to, you know, hear some chatter or see some feedback mm -hmm. in any way, how, how did you take that? How did was it was it as expected? Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, I think it's more positive than I had expected. I because Star Wars fans. Me being one are the hardest people in the world to please, you know, a lot of times. And uh, and they can be pretty harsh, too. And uh, I think for the most part, you know, we were pretty well received by, by 
the majority of the fans. Uh, I think they really liked what we did. Uh, I mean, there you know, there are people that don't get it, but I mean, I'm a member. I'm a member of several fan groups on Facebook uh, because I'm just enjoying seeing how much fun the people are having with it. The people that go do what they call start. Uh, uh, bounding where they dress up and go to the park and you know they spend time building these costumes and you know there's a there's a whole fan group that builds uh, covers for your for your phone um, so it looks like a Star Wars device when you're playing the online game that you can play while you're in the park and uh, I mean even the droids you know there's a droid builders that buys the little droids from the droid shop and they completely modify them and repaint them and and make them into these beautiful droids and uh, so I, I really enjoy watching you know following these groups and seeing the amazing stuff that these people are doing and and I mean much like with Harry Potter I mean there's people that go and spend their entire vacation just in that world because they want to be in Star Wars they will you know, people will go and spend three or four days just there and never go see anything else at Disney. Well, you're right. Star Wars fans can be very harsh. They're very critical. Our our own Christopher stopped watching the Book of Boba Fett after the third episode. <laughs> just quit. <laughs> Probably one of those on TV episodes one through four was just pure garbage. <laughs> I, I struggle. I mean, I'll admit I struggled. To get through them, uh, I, I was not a huge fan, but at the same time, I, I think I'm. I, I want to build a set of that Boba armor. I, I really liked his costume, and there a lot of people don't. But uh, uh, once again, I bought the Black Series helmet, the repaint, the Boba repaint helmet that they did uh, from Hasbro, and uh, so I, I've got to watch it again and see if it grows on me. Thing with the same, they just the flashbacks they just drug out way too much. I thought that's just went on forever. And yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, if you can go back and update the park down the road, just leave out Book of Boba, leave <laughs> out the Power Rangers, leave out you know, all that, all that stuff. Oh, just, just leave. yeah, what about leave. the rainbow scooters? Is there any plans for the rainbow scooters in the park? The scooters I could not stand and it's funny I've got a friend who's a huge Lost in Space fan uh, the classic Lost in Space and and he immediately posted a picture from the vintage Lost in Space where they did an episode with Space Bikers and they totally ripped it off for Book of Boba. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, go back and look up Space Bikers on Lost in Space uh, they totally uh, totally stole it from uh from there for Book of Boba. I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah. So I have a question that all the fans, uh, you know, they've been writing me, they want to know. Uh, the, the, the question that they want you to answer the most is, blue milk or green milk? Oh, that's a tough one. I actually like the green milk. Uh, I, I, with the alcohol in it, of course. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but no, I like the, uh, I mean, I, I like them both, but I like the green milk the best, I think. Charles, Charles, did you get to try the milk? Blue milk. Blue milk. Uh, Brandon, yeah. what about you? I haven't tried it yet. The fuzzy tauntaun at oh, at the cantina. I, I started to say, I, drinks in the cantina are awesome. I go to the cantina and drink for as long as I can. I don't <laughs> buy the blue milk. I just go and I drink, and I like 
the atmosphere. That's one of the, my favorite places. And the antiquities uh, mm -hmm. room. I could spend a lot of time in the bar and in the uh, den of antiquities because there's always something, you know, every time I walk in there, there's something new that I hadn't seen before that was obviously yeah. there, but I just didn't have enough time to, to really dive in there. And there's always like a ton of people in there. So it's kind of yeah. hard to move around. Sure. Every time I go, I see something new. I went to go fill up my water bottle next to the to the bathroom that's there and uh, the trash monster the Diana yeah. pokes, pokes his, head, his eyeball up, you know, and I awesome? didn't know that was there the first time I went and did that. And then the second time I filled up my water bottle, I'm like, Oh geez, you know, it's <laughs> this eyeball staring at me right in the face, you know? So, and that's, that's probably awesome. the nicest bathroom in the entire theme park. It's right there at galaxy's edge. <laughs> you know, that's, that's where, that's my spot. That's where I go. Yeah. 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 And Eric, so Brandon gets upset that he can't tour the actual Millennium Falcon. So what he does is he goes over to the cantina and just drinks himself silly until he <laughs> thinks he's on the Millennium Falcon. And then it's problem solved. There's nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with that at all. Actually, I've never been to the – I got to go to the cantina at the uh, grand opening party in, in Los Angeles or in Anaheim. But I've never been in the cantina – as a guest because i can't get in it's always booked you know i've been thrown out of the cantina trying to get in but i uh, how is that possible someone who's a was a creative director no. and, and built half the park how are you not able to with a disney connect get yourself into the park are you I kidding me know. i don't know the, the only actually the only time i've been in there Actually, I didn't, did we go in there? Yeah, the only time I've been in there since it opened was um, I got to give uh, Adam Savage a tour of uh, Galaxy's Edge a couple of months ago, and uh, and we got to go in there, uh, but it wasn't open yet, so I didn't get to have a drink or anything. But uh, did you eat Bob Iger's lunch out of the uh, company refrigerator? I mean, what <laughs> happened here? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It, it's, I mean, you know, Disney, the guests are the most important things, so uh, they yeah. go first. Yes, so. not the first time I've heard. Yeah. Uh, I know of another guy, a friend of a friend that uh, helped build, you know, some parts of, of Galaxy's Edge, and um, yeah. he went with the friend of mine. And same thing, I was like, "Hey, so did you get it? Had online privileges and get in through all these places?" And all he's like, "No, they, yeah. they treat everybody the same. Like yeah. it, he couldn't get in anywhere, even though he said yeah. he was so and so and." Yeah, well, I learned a long time ago that that, uh, that no one cares who you are, so you never say, "Don't you know who I am?" Because they don't care. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I, uh, you know, it, it's yeah. I, I want to go. I want to give it a try. I, I want to get the mugs that they they sell the tiki like the tiki style mugs that they have in there. Uh, but I just haven't. Like I said, is that I've only been back once or twice since it opened. I really want to. I really want to go back. I got, so, the, I got the Rancor tea. Oh, cool! Yeah, cool. that's that's the only thing that I got back, got from uh, Galaxy's Edge. Um, but no, I did also get the um, uh, the little mouse droid. Oh yeah, yeah, the that, little radio uh, mouse droid. Yeah, yeah, that has the came with the nachos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I got cool. that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's Eric, awesome. I was going to ask you, you, now you just said you've been back once or twice at least, so now I feel like I can ask you this. Um, uh, when you do, the times that you have been in the park after it's been open, uh, can you allow yourself to be immersed in the experience in any way? Or, 
you know, I think of myself and the jobs I had when I was younger. When I go back yeah. to those places, I, I can't see them the way that, you know, the average customer can. So are you able to, you know, because it's an experience, it's not a restaurant that you used to work at or something like that. Are you able to, you know, put yourself into the park and the experience or are you just constantly analyzing things and finding yourself in that old work mode of, of remembering what you did and is it still look right or what you wish you did this or whatever? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm that person. I'm constantly in that work mode and my wife hates going to the parks with me because I'm constantly taking pictures with my phone going, wait, they need to fix that. They need to fix that. This is wrong. You know? Uh, so no, I, I, I unfortunately can't let go of it. And, and, and uh, does anything come of that though? Do you, do you text those photos over to somebody who could still make oh, something happen? Oh no, I do. Yeah. I'll send it okay. you know, to the top people and say, Hey, what the hell? I, you know, why is it like this? You need to be taking you need to be taking care of this. I worked hard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what does the future hold for you right now as far as, I know you said that you're working on uh, uh, helping with the, with the star, what is it called? The Star Wars Hotel? Galactic Star Cruiser. The, the Galactic yeah. Star Cruiser. I know you're working with that. Is there anything else that you can tell us about that you're working on right now? Or um, Well, I mean, like I said, I'm, uh, I'll be going to Dollywood on Tuesday and doing some work for Dollywood for what they call their summer fest next year. And I'm, uh, I'm working on an epic adventure, uh, or yeah, Universal's, uh, new theme park. I'm helping out with that. And, uh, the, uh, you know, and then I just keep my fingers crossed every day that they're going to call and say that we're doing an expansion of Galaxy's Edge because, uh, uh, that was one of the coolest things with Potter was, you know, we built the original Hogsmeade, and then eight months later, they said, "Wow, this is great! Let's build Diagon Alley." So, it's not often you get a chance to go go back and try and do something better than you did it the first time. And uh, Diagon Alley you know, is amazing too. Thank you. Yeah, sorry to say, with Diagon, I think we definitely blew away what we did originally with Hogsmeade, and I'd love to get a chance to do that with Galaxy's Edge. So, I, I keep hoping that you know, COVID's just thrown the world into such a weird place right now and the theme parks are still recovering because they were shut down for months you know and you know that's a, a massive part of Disney's business is the theme park uh, so you know it's, it's going to take them a while to recover before they start building new stuff um, so hopefully hopefully things will turn around quick that's probably why they're charging two hundred and seventy dollars to build a lightsaber. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, they got. Yeah, and it's not even fair. Even whatever knowledge you had of the whole park, it's not even fair to ask at this point if they're going to, you know, if they have any plans to expand uh, past the current footprint because they were stunted for a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, you know, year plus. Yeah. So you know, it sounds like they're going to have to, you know get back to the happy place where mm -hmm. where they're they're motoring along and 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 then they can start considering those things and you may be you know privy to some of the things that were in an original plan and didn't come to fruition or you know were were thoughts that could be built and you know there wasn't enough room for it or time for it or so there's there's probably you know a library of things that they 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 would love yeah. to to tackle yeah yeah there, there's lots of stuff Lots of places we could go with it, and and there's definitely 
room for expansion around the lands. You know, we, you know, they had planned on, it's, I mean, built them with the idea of expansion at some point. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that will happen soon. I hope, uh, you know, because we had just opened Florida really when COVID hit. And so they haven't seen the full potential of the money-making power of it yet, I don't think, uh, because things are just starting to get back to normal enough for them to really, you know, see what a financial impact it has for the company. And, um, you know, I hope They got that- to the point where they had to start selling Galaxy's Edge stuff in Target. You know, you remember yeah, with some of the Black yeah, Series yeah. because they had all this merchandise, you know, lined up and yeah. planned, and all of a sudden they had nowhere to sell it, you know. So, you know, as smart as Disney is, it made a lot of sense, right? Because all of a sudden they're now promoting their park, you know, once it can be open again in places like Target, you know, and, and drumming well, up the, the interest there. It's because Disney, the Disney stores closed, and now they opened up the Disney stores and Target as yeah. a little subsection yeah. there. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, what was funny was, I mean, not funny, but I, I, I talked to a friend who was at Galaxy's Edge, I don't know, a month or two ago. And he said the shelves are bare because now they're out of merchandise because everything, when they open back up, everything sold so fast. Everything else is floating out in ships in the ocean trying to get into the parks, you know. So, uh, so you know, a couple of months ago when my friend went, he said there was nothing on the shelves that it was just bare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have another question. Eric. Yeah. So uh, when you're walking through Disney, you know, they have – other tunnels that are like right on the ground. Mm-hmm. Are there any uh, near the Star Wars land? There's not, um, and I don't think any of the Disney parks, other than the Magic Kingdom, have that. Um, yeah, no. They, yeah, there's nothing like that. Yeah, I mean, no. there are passageways. There are like some of the actual walkways up above and stuff where it looks like a bridge crosses or whatever. Those are actually working bridges for actors that can cross on those and stuff. So there's none of that in unique... Anaheim at all? No, no, hmm? no, uh, no tunnels in Anaheim? I don't think so. I think, I think it's just Orlando. At the, I mean, and I, I may be wrong, uh, but as far as I know, it's just Orlando. Because I think Walt was inspired to do the tunnels uh, based on Anaheim. He didn't like the fact that you know somebody working in Tomorrowland was having to walk through Fantasyland with their costume on because it took them out of the story. So he built the tunnel. The in, in Florida they built the tunnels, and they're actually not tunnels. They're actually built at ground level, and then they covered over them with dirt. So so they're because if you put a tunnel in Florida, it's underwater usually. Uh, so. So the the tunnels were actually built at ground level, but um, you know they did they did that or Walt did that in Florida because he didn't want to see you know an employee from you know Tomorrowland walking through Fantasyland or whatever with the wrong costume on because it takes people out of the out of the story. So Eric, we know that the the two parks, the two Disney parks, there are you know quite a few differences, and you know Disney World is just larger in general, and there's uh, there's multiple parks, but in terms of Galaxy's Edge, is there any discernible difference in what is available to people as they visit? Do you notice the difference if you visit both of them? And what's you know what's the what can you describe there? 
there, there's really not a discernible difference other than um, in, in California, there's three entrances into the into Batu, and in Florida, there's just two. Um, but other than that, there's no really discernible dis difference. Uh, I think they're flipped like a mirror image of each other, kind of, I, I think. Uh, but you don't notice that when you're in there. I mean, they look, everything about them is, is pretty much, it's identical. Um, I mean, so did of course, you go about just creating two of everything and as part of your process then? Yeah, we did. We did. And, but the, the fun, the cool thing about, about it is because we were building stuff out of, uh, uh, junk and recycled items is, you know, nothing's exactly the same. So yeah, we built two of something, but they're just similar. They're not identical. So, um, I mean, things like stormtrooper helmets and stuff we made identical as, as possible, but, but anything that we custom built, um, you know, they're similar, but they're different. So you'll see different things in each in each place. And, uh, um, you know, you know, they're definitely definitely not identical as far as the props and set dressing because we we, we changed things up a little bit. I mean, there was stuff that we, you know, that we did in California that we probably didn't like as much. So we changed it up when we did Florida and, and things like that. So out of those two, which one is your favorite? Uh, I've got to say Florida is, is my favorite, uh, just because we had six months longer to do Florida than we did California. Um, and so by the time we were, the, the props and set dressing are the last thing to go in usually. So we were, by the time we were installing the props and set dressing in Florida, we anything that we had left over in our warehouse, we put in there. So it's, to me, it's a lot, a lot fuller world than California was. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, it, it, my, my favorite one's Florida anyway. All right. So Florida is the official winner folks. If you're going to, you're going to see slightly different props. Yeah. Uh, but you, you know, it's, it's really an East coast, West coast thing, right? Depending on where you are in the country, you're going to make the beeline trip to the yeah. closer park probably. Yeah. Right. Well, I just want to say on behalf of all of us, uh, a huge thank you to you, Eric Baker, for joining us. This oh, was uh, really fun to talk about, even though I, I, you know, I haven't gotten to see it yet, but you know, now I'm even more excited to see it. So you gotta go. You gotta go. I want to see you cry when you see the Millennium Falcon. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll send you a clip. I'll... Okay. <laughs> it really is amazing. It really is. And uh, yeah, I'd like to say thanks, Eric, too. Um, oh, you're welcome. You know, for joining us tonight and for all the hard work you put into uh, creating this world for us Star Wars nerds. Oh, um, it was it was a dream come true, believe me. Yeah. Yeah, Eric, I hope you will join us again, you know, yeah, yeah, the, you know, yeah. see the collection that you have. I'm sure you have some unique stuff. I'm sure you have some props and things or, you know, yeah. prop like items from the work that you've done across yeah. multiple parks. Yeah, so that'll be yeah. great. Uh, reminder again, please, everyone subscribe to the channel. Uh, tell us what you thought about this, uh, this interview. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a two parter. So uh, here we are at the end. You've, you've watched part two and let us know what you thought. If you have any questions, Eric is going to hopefully join us again. And we can uh, maybe fire off a couple quick questions to him. If you if you visited the parks, and you have a thought there, uh, like the video and, and, and please join us again for future episodes. 
Eric, once again, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. We appreciate your time. Oh, you're awesome, guys. This was this was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Were you nervous thanks, about joining five Thank idiots? What? <laughs> were you were you nervous about joining a show called Five Idiots? No, because I'm an idiot too. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I feel like I'm I'm with my people here. <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Cool. Y'all take it easy. Let me know when you want me to come back. All right. Definitely Great. will. Okay. Have a good. So that yeah. was a that was fun to talk to Eric, guys. Uh, again, you know, just learning about the parks and uh, just hearing all the, the effort and the time that went into it. The attention to detail, I'm sure. You know, the attention to detail was really in Eric's wheelhouse, so that was kind of his role. But uh, I can't wait to get there. I know you guys have enjoyed it. You've been there already, uh, three of you. But uh, I hope all of our fans enjoyed watching this episode and learning about the parks. Uh -huh.